Elliot, correct me if I'm wrong, but was it you that was looking for a flexible, reliable and professional new courier service? Mm, that it was. Would it suit you if it was always 100% customer focused? Um, let me think. Yes. Well, shame. I couldn't find one. Oh. Only joking. I found the perfect one. It's Soul Couriers. Soul Couriers offers a range of services, including same and next day delivery, locally and nationally. They can do parcels, pallets and signages, as well as commercial and domestic moving. What about if I wanted to get in touch and arrange a courier delivery specific to my needs with a no-obligation free quote? Just call 07415 401 339 today. Visit the website or email sales at soulcouriers.co.uk. That's Soul Couriers. Flexible and reliable. Welcome along to You Have Been Watching, the podcast that invites a different guest each episode to choose some of their favourite telly shows. They'll be asked to pick four separate shows from each of our categories and a couple of bonus choices as well. Why? Because they've won our made-up competition to spend a weekend away at a luxurious travel lodge in the heart of Preston. Joining me as ever for this television adventure is Luke Bateman, a man who once slept walk his way downstairs, sat on the sofa, crossed his legs, grabbed the TV remote and sat in front of a blank television screen for an hour before being discovered by his puzzled mother. And straggling along at sloth speed is my best mate and arch nemesis, Elliot Williams, a man who resists buying a belt like Brian Blessed resists shaving. He really needs to, but it's part of his style. Oi, oi, how are we? Feliz are Navidad, right? how Hello. are you? <laughs> That's uh, Happy Christmas in Spanish or something? Uh, I have no idea. I think it I'm is. Not I a think clue. it might be. Are you all right? I'm not too bad, thank you very much. All is good with me. First and foremost, you have changed our Facebook Messenger emoji. It used to be a four-leaf lucky clover, and now you've just put it to a thumbs up again. You mean between me and you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I like to have a thumbs up. I think it's more useful than not. I'll tell you why. Because if you said something to me like, um, I'll meet you by the train station in five minutes, a thumbs up says a thousand words. Do you not think so? It's like, got it, registered it, see you there. A four-leaf clover, to me, doesn't mean anything. No, but that has more person. It's like, all right, be lucky, have a good one, me old mucker. No, no, but I would have to say, no probs, then clover. A clover's like a celebration. It's like, you know, the party hat emoji. It's like that. Every day's it? a celebration. Every day's a school and, day. And today's <laughs> especially a celebration because we've got James McKenzie yes, we uh, have. on the show. Now, you might think, oh, who is who's that? James McKenzie? <laughs> and, and if you were to think that, I think you are a fool. Raven, uh, for those who don't know, was a CBBC game show uh, about 10 years ago or so. And it was on every day. It was a game show that was on every Every day. I remember especially, I couldn't watch on a Thursday, you see. Why? You, have Thursday, scouts. you didn't have scouts, did you? <laughs> I know you scouts. didn't. Yeah. You were at Brownies. <laughs> I couldn't watch on a Thursday because that was when they went into the spider cave. Oh, because you don't like spiders. Tuesday was okay because it was like truth, not truth or dare. What's it called? Imagine <laughs> <laughs> they played that with the kids. That's a bit rubbish. <laughs> no, it was like true or false on the squares. Uh, and they yeah, had... it was like a quiz. And No, yeah. I'm wrong. Tuesday was Riddle Day. Yeah. Wednesday was uh, True or False on the Squares. <laughs> I tell you what's false. I didn't go to Brownies. I went to Boys Brigade. <laughs> <laughs> can you, you, can you just get that right, please? You did go to Boys Brigade. Yeah, I, I, I changed it because I thought you'd be more embarrassed <laughs> by going to Boys, Boys Brigade. No, I'm not embarrassed at all. Yeah. 
okay. I've embarrassed myself with the photos I found yeah. recently of, of being at Boys Brigade. Anyway, that's enough Boys Brigade chat. <laughs> yeah, listen, it's a really, really interesting episode. Um, listen, stick with us uh, for at least 20 minutes in this episode <laughs> because you'll find out some of the answers to things we've always wanted to know and you might have too. Um, what happens um, to the Zaps, like special effects, when mm. a kid gets out in the games, like the Way of the Warrior, the swinging wooden pendulums, the night duels or whatever goes on there. Um, also, the casting of the demons, who are the people in the hoods that um, basically get the people out, don't they? They move forward like chess pieces, like kings and pawns and whatever. Always wanting to know that. Uh, well, he's very recognisable. He's Scottish. Uh, <laughs> you, you might recognise that more than anything. Jet black hair as well. Yeah. The jet black beard. I think for a lot of girls, who are in our class at school, one of their first crushes was either Raven or Barney Harwood. Mm, or Binky from Arthur. <laughs> oh, Binky! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't want to just say, yeah, he's pretty sexy. <laughs> That's what I was going for. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so I think I'm going to have a lot of jealous uh, girls sliding into my DMs today. Saying you're a friend of... Raven. Well, exactly. But hopefully from now on, they'll say you're a friend of James McKenzie because they'll have got to know yeah. the man behind the bird. Oh, I should mention, we get to a lot of other stuff as well, don't we? We don't just do this. We do have a life. And we do do some slightly funnier things occasionally. Um, you can find us where? You can find us on Instagram at Luke and Elliot Comedy. Also on YouTube at Luke and Elliot Comedy. And to make things awkward on Twitter, at Luke and Elliot. It... Not because not we're less funny there, just <laughs> yeah. because uh, Luke and Elliot wasn't taken on it. Also, else. if you type in Luke and Elliot into Instagram, you get an American family with two boys. And if you type in Luke and Elliot into Google, I think you get a gay rugby player. And a black basketball player for me. <laughs> Check us out. <laughs> so it's a lovely, lovely chat. You're really going to enjoy it. And especially if you're a fan of Raven or watched it growing up, you are going to be enthralled by some of these answers. So stick around uh, and enjoy James McKenzie's episode of You Have Been Watching. And as he always says, let the challenge begin. I thought that was quite good, didn't you? It was good. Yeah. So here on You Have Been Watching, we imagine that our special guest has won a weekend away in a hotel room in Preston, where all they can do is lie back and watch telly. They'll be choosing four of their favourite ever TV shows and we'll be hearing why they've chosen them and what it means to them. At the end, we'll also ask them which television personality they want to spend their weekend with and what they'd like to eat. Our competition winner today is James McKenzie. Born 15th of May 1979, presumably conceived around 15th of August 1978, James is a Dundee-born actor and TV host. Having been born and raised in Scotland and educated at Queen Margaret University, James is a thoroughbred Scotsman with a phenomenal speaking voice. For theatre, he starred in the Proclaimers musical Sunshine on Leith as well as multiple pantomimes. For television, he's done many a voiceover and featured as characters on Taggart, Rebus, Outlander and the soap opera River City. But it's his work for children's television, CBBC specifically, that listeners will be most familiar with. Yes, he's appeared in the kids' comedies Danny's House and Molly and Mac, but that's not really what I was getting at. He is unmistakably the face and accent of Raven, an all-time classic of the adventure game show genre and a popular culture reference all babies of our generation can relate to, remember fondly and adore reminiscing about still today. James McKenzie really is fitting us in before the school run and we're very grateful that he is. So there's only one thing left to say, which is... Let the challenge begin. Hello, James. How are you? Any discrepancies there? Are you well? No. I mean, normally under different circumstances, I would say, oi, that's my line. But 
uh, after an introduction like that, that was that. Yeah, that was amazing. Uh, is that all roughly well, right? Is that sort of correct? We'll go yeah. into some things in a minute. Yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of felt like I should just go now. There's no point in carrying on, really. You've, you've done it all. I, I, I don't think I've got anything else to say. There's only one place we really can start, and that is to discuss uh, Brexit. No, not really. It's Raven, obviously. Uh, for other generations, maybe who are even younger than us, uh, the show uh, won't mean as much. But for us. We absolutely love it. All oh, our friends. Absolutely. We reminisce still to this day about Raven. I mean, it first aired in 2002 and it ran for 13 series, which is so long. And it even got two children's BAFTAs. Firstly, was it just an absolute joy and a treasure to be a part of? The simple answer is yes. I'm not sick of talking about it at all. Uh, like you say, it's been part of my life since 2002. So it's been a huge part of my life for 20 years. Uh, no, that's not right. 18 years. Feels like 20. I'm just old. Um <laughs> But and it's a privilege and it's an honor to have to have been part of it. Yeah. I I loved every single minute of it. Even the moments that I thought I wasn't enjoying, where I was halfway up a hill, swarmed by uh flesh eating midges, uh being lashed by rain and a fifty mile an hour gale. Even then it was brilliant. Obviously you had no idea how successful it was going to be at the time. I'm really interested to know how you were cast. Was it a really rigorous process? Was it treated as a normal acting audition? Because of course it's not. You're, you're acting and you're also hosting. It's an adventure game show. Was there a script read through? Did you do a screen test on location? What was? How did it go? Uh, so the, I'll try and give you the short story. Basically I was in my last term of drama school in Edinburgh. And because uh, I'd, I'd worked professionally as an actor before I'd went to drama school when I was younger. And so I, I had I was in the very lucky position of having an agent before I even started drama school. And so he kind of I still work with him during drama school. And so in the last time of drama school, he phoned me up and said, uh, I've got an audition for you at BBC Scotland. It's for a new kids TV game show. Um, they're looking for actors uh, with dark hair who are Scottish uh, and the audition process. Um, yes, I know they wanted actors. Yes, it was to a certain degree uh, presenting, but also they were wanting um, someone to portray a character, you know, and so they wanted someone to be able to do that and not just necessarily present a TV programme. So it was only actors that they saw. And yeah, we, we went through a kind of, I just, I think we all probably just treated it as a normal TV audition. So you went along. Uh, you 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 met the producers and, and directors and chatted about the ideas of the show, the possible format, uh, any kind of backstory they'd put together, and then you read a little bit. But there wasn't very much script because, obviously, it being a game show and a challenge-based game show, a lot of the script comes out of the outcomes of challenges. So they kind of made some stuff up, and then basically we were we kind of read a few bits, and they heard our voice, and that was it. And that was the kind of first stage of it. And then I got a call back. This time was kind of to get up and move around a bit more, and so it was kind of a big empty room in BBC Scotland, and I was given kind of a broom handle uh, to to do what I wanted with, and a chair, and that was kind of it. The chair was to kind of signify possibly a warrior, and yeah, it would just kind of you know. Uh, have a think about the character and, and and kind of improvise a few bits and bobs and then they would throw things at you and and, and that was kind of it and then yeah I, it was mental really I mean I I graduated from drama school in the end of June so I graduated on the Saturday and I started filming for Raven on the Monday goodness so it was, me it was, 
yeah it was it was really really insane yeah so was the raven that we saw on telly was he born in that audition room or will you look back on that now and think that was just a really really early version or did you just explode into what we actually think... saw on the screen <laughs> yes. Ta-da! no i think the raven that everyone came to know was probably born through the transition from series one to series two because because there is a there is a big difference between them because there was lots of ideas and the production team and producers and directors had a certain amount of ideas that we went with for series one but hindsight and and experience is a, is a great thing so by the time they'd come to the end of series one they already knew what they wanted to change if we were commissioned for series two um, and you know just silly practical things like giving me a staff rather than a magical bowl that I had to pass my hand over and had to love around in a bag all the time and, i don't even remember know, that ball actually getting a, i only getting remember a, the start kind of cloak that wasn't a cloak it was more like a rug getting that caught in my back in my little satchel that my bowl was in and just silly things like that and you know in the first series i had just stubble and a little horrible rat's tail uh, hairdo out the back of there and and then i think what they realized is they wanted to you know it was around the time of lord of the rings and all that and i think that was part of its appeal and stuff and so i think they definitely decided to take a bit of kind of you know lord of the rings aragon whatever and, and go with the kind of that kind of warrior aspect of it and so i think they decided in series two that he needed to be more of a warrior he needed to be more stern more of a guide more of a teacher and so that's where they and and then obviously they they changed a lot with the feathered cloak and made me more like a kind of half man half bird warrior and you know the, the beard and the mohawk and unfortunately the mullet <laughs> that mm. look really was so iconic did you get stopped in the street or did people not recognize you because you didn't have the cloak and the staff and the and the hairdo when i was filming and on a day off or whatever or because <clears throat> you know because we filmed on location so we filmed in kind of vaguely remote places in scotland so for the first few years it was a place called uh Dunoon. well it was actually castle tower which was just outside Dunoon on the west of scotland you know we were living in and around Dunoon, so we would you know go for a meal somewhere or go at the co-op or go at the shop and get something you know and and you couldn't really miss me because i might be wearing my civvies but i still had this very particular beard uh, dyed, jet, you know, jet black with the hair and the mullet flapping out the back, you know. So I kind of, yeah, I kind of, I, and especially in a small town, you know, you were kind of, people knew who you were. And then the, similarly in the latter years when we moved up to the north of Scotland to Aviemore. Um, but I would certainly never out with filming sport the Raven Beard because it was very particular, you know. I mean, it was out with a, a set square and a protractor and, you know, what I mean, to try and, people would kind of give me double takes, you know, like if I was in Asda's buying my toilet roll or something do you know what i mean i would I'd kind of get someone going oh it's you isn't it you know i'm like yep yeah, i'm buying the quilted stuff honest <laughs> you either look like a punk rocker or you had to have been on a tv show there, there was yeah, only two yeah, options exactly. really yeah we've got some quick fire burning questions that we're desperate to know right go, so go, go, go. the people that played the sort of demons that would roll up their sleeves and chase youths around a life-size chessboard or whatever something like that were they trained actors or were they the crew or were they just people you found on the street who were they and how did you, how did you qualify to become a demon so basically it was nine times out of ten it was the majority of the demons were our design crew 
Oh, so that has actually really answered our, that question. Wow. Our chippies, our sculptors, um, yeah, the people who, who made and maintained and built the amazing sets for Raven. Pretty much all the time we would be short of a few demons. So maybe the second or third assistant directors would shove on a midgenet and a big monk-like cloak to be a demon. Uh, and occasionally, if anyone was up visiting the set, they would get they would get shoved in a demon set and a demon costume and, and get thrown on. That is amazing. Called, not, but you're not allowed you're not allowed to do that now. That's against BBC policy. I've always wanted to know the answer, and that's the same joke we've been making for years. Yeah. And it was just part of the crew. We always like was. to imagine that it was people who just graduated Rada yes. who'd gone through a rigorous <laughs> process to become a demon. Darling, I got the gig. Jay, I'm playing the demon. <laughs> that, that's me there with my hands in my sleeves, walking very slowly towards a very scared nine-year-old. That's me. So when, for example, uh, a warrior got eliminated in the way of the warrior or something, or, or they got zapped out. How did they shoot that? Did, for example, if they got hit by a by a massive turret that was coming hit them, presumably made of sponge. Or a bolt of lightning from of Raven's uh, staff. Would the director scream and freeze <laughs> and then they edit it out in post? Or, or they go, no, it didn't hit me. It, I promise it didn't. Yeah, go, well, there are arguments, did, maybe, did. yeah. We've always wanted to know that. So how did they get zapped? Did they just freeze? So, essentially, it's kind of a bit of all of that. So what would happen, so the best, I suppose the best example would be to use the way of the warrior. So when your, cha your, your challenger is going down the way of the warrior, they are doing it absolutely for them. There's no, and the, ca the cameras just go with them. Uh, and so, for instance, let's use the swinging barrel, which was, which was always one that would tend to get warriors because it was very difficult you you know you had to limbo on, on your back or on your front and you know dodge the swinging spiky barrel so what would happen is the warrior would would do the would do the challenge and they would get to for example the swinging barrel and if the swing barrel came down and hit them the cameras would keep rolling and we would shout okay uh Gemra, unfortunately i'm sorry you've been hit out you come <laughs> so we would take, the warrior would then be taken out of shot and we would keep the cameras rolling so there'd be space either side. And then <clears throat> what we would do is we would have to put the poor soul through that last couple of uh, obstacles again, just to, to make sure we could catch any more oh, angles. No. But it was done entirely fairly in the fact that they were, there was nothing contrived about. So when they, when they first, when they are competing, you know, there's nothing cheated so that they, if they were hit by something, they were hit by something and that was it. And they were out. Because the kids were so brilliant from like day one, they would they got everything so quickly, and they were up to speed quicker than I was. You know, like they would they would be always asking me, "So is this a rehearsal? Is this a take? Should we go back to our number ones, or are we doing it from here?" Or do you know I mean, they were they were picking up the lingo so quickly, and they would be devastated. But within about less than five minutes, they'd be going right, okay. So I'll just go back to my number two position, and, and we'll go from here. And they would they would totally get it, and they would understand why that it was because during the actual gameplay, it wasn't possible for the cameras to get all the shots the kids were brilliant and they would understand that the second attempt at the way of the warrior wasn't their second attempt to see if they could actually can, they were doing it for 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 the televisual reasons it was but, the loser's uh, lap it's like the loser's yeah. version isn't it where you've got to do it yeah, again yeah but you know and, and, then, and also like so things like when we were filming a a, a a gathering and you know i would have to shoot my staff so it would be kind of, um, you know, it'd be like, uh, commiserations, young uh, genre, you have lost a life. And I would fling my staff and the first day they would shout, freeze! And we'd all freeze. <laughs> Someone would run in 
and grab a feather off the staff. Oh, this and then, is so satisfying. And then they would say, okay, uh, and action, James. And what would happen is I would then bring my staff down and I would repeat it. So I'd be then, unfortunately, young general, you have lost a life. And I would zap again and we'd carry on. So there was always there was always a bit of space either side so that the editors could then, in post-production, get the scissors in and join it all together and, and add in the lightning bolts and things like that and make it look cool. Oh, I'm oh, so happy to hear that. I'm oh, so that's happy incredible. Uh, two-thirds of our whole life has been spent wondering these things, James. Honestly, <laughs> I just love the idea <laughs> of the director going... Sarah, you were actually hit there. <laughs> Sorry, but you actually were. Can you can you come out? Yeah, thank you. I just love that. Obviously, Raven is a very sultry and very serious character, and you're a very highly skilled actor. But in between takes, how were you with the kids? Did you have a corpse? Did you ever have a, you know, did you try and stay in character all the time to keep up the illusion? What were you like in between? No, I, I made a conscious effort at the very beginning to go and meet the, the warriors like the night before we'd started our first day of filming. So I'd go and go and meet them in my cities in my, my normal clothes and, and in their, you know, in their accommodation and stuff with, with uh, the chaperones and all that and just say, hi guys, nice to meet you. I'm James. So tomorrow you're going to see me. I'm going to look very different. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to look a bit more like that guy that you might be occasionally a little bit scared of in the telly, but hiya pals. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be wearing you know, a feather I, rug. Yeah. I'm not scary. And you know, because we would end up shooting very long days and, and I, I would spend, I would end up spending quite a lot of time with the kids. It would be counterintuitive and exhausting for me to be uh, in character the whole time. And also it wouldn't make sense if I was still trying to stay in character when I was in the lunch queue. Do you know what I mean? Like, ah, thank you. Yeah, young warrior uh, Raven will have the fish. Do you know what I mean? It just it wouldn't it kind of wouldn't work. And it would be quite pretentious, but it'd make a cracking documentary. It really would. Yeah, we cracking documentary. What are these things you call French fries? You know. <laughs> um. So, so no, I I, I made sure, and 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 I think that the, the kids and the, the warriors enjoyed that as well. Especially if I mucked up my lines or fluffed something, they thought it was hysterical, and they would rip it right out of me. Um. So no, they were they were great, but no, I couldn't. I didn't stay in character the whole time. It was it would have been impossible. And also, you get to know the 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 young warriors far better if between takes you're chatting and you know asking them where they're from or chatting about their older brothers or their favorite band or their whatever you know because also it helps relax them before they go into a, a nail biting and as far as they're concerned at that point in time life changing or altering kind of challenge you know so Incredible. I mean I had, a, I had a long discussion between takes before we were about to go into the last stand uh, one year and it was with a young lad and it was you know this is where they were knocking the last three contestants down to the last two you know this was big stuff and the cameras were changing lenses and we were just i can't do the accent i can i've never been able to do a geordie accent so i won't offend anyone but it was like james james i'm really nervous i need to fart <laughs> well look you know the cameras aren't rolling so what i'd do is i would just cough and cover it up and just get it out because you, you want to get that out before you get on the in the middle of the challenge you don't want to do that on the way of the warrior or anything do you? you don't want to do that so so I was like, okay, right, so I'll tell you what, I'll help, right? So after three, I'll count to three, and then we'll both cough, and you do it at the same time. So I was like, one, two, three, ah! <laughs> but of course, he mistimed it. <laughs> really big. But then, of course, I didn't realize the sound department and one of the cameras secretly were rolling on it just for a bit of fun. So that got shown at the um, in the outtakes at the end of end of the season party for all the kids, oh, which was very, very brilliant. Some yeah. of Raven's phrases and idioms, I mean, such as may the luck of the Raven's eye be with you. That's my favorite. one. I mean, that, that is fantastic. And what's <laughs> so lucky about a Raven's eye? Well, I think 
part of it is if you say it with enough sincerity, you believe it for a start. You know, um, I, we had we had some great writers and directors and producers who just embraced the kind of world of Raven and Soul. Yeah, I think they a lot of it came from their heads. Amazing. Yeah, also, exactly. some of the names of the warriors, like your what, the, like your your Grumbleweed, Merryweather, your, your Wallflower. All, I can't. Can you remember yeah. any more? Like, <laughs> moon, moonshine. Moonshine. Yeah, like you did that. the accent. Yeah, nearly, nearly. <laughs> I'm going to stop you there, boys. You're both entirely wrong because oh, those no. are all those are all too fun. You see, it's things like uh, Janwa, Rendo, Carfab. You know, it's that kind of stuff. You're and it was right. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, it was all people always ask me, how did they come up with those names? And it was basically just anagrams. So, like for instance, I would be that does make sense now. Jarman or Macjar or so basically what we do is we, they would take your first name and your second name and pick out some of the letters and flip them around until and use only those letters in your name and would fiddle about with them until they sounded raven-like and medieval and kind of warrior-like oh that has blown my mind you'd probably be told me oh. willie <laughs> yeah, <it would> be. <laughs> yeah that does make a lot of sense for, now for years fair. and years i thought it was something to do with like I thought it was gaelic or or, or I, I thought um, it was to do with like star signs yeah. or something like crystals or something like that that is incredible had, i know you're big into your crystals to develop, well, they had to develop a system they had to develop a system that would work quickly and wouldn't get too complicated has the success so, of the family drama molly and mac on cbbc also been a delight i mean so i think series two is coming out next year i think that's right uh, no we've done we've done two series uh, which are both out and uh, on iplayer kind of all the time but we are um i'm due uh, in two weeks time to start filming series three and four um I've, I've, it's a very special little series to me I, because it's on CBBS, and that's something my little boy can watch now. You know, he's 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 still too young to watch Raven, and and if I did make him watch Raven, that would be a bit weird because it would be like reruns. Oh, many years ago, your dad used to be in. The, do you know what I mean? It would be a bit weird if I was making him watch a show that wasn't on telly just now. So the fact that he can watch his dad and and stuff like that, and and that's really cool. And also, it's a just a fun, brilliant, lovely little show. Um, that's full of pathos and humour and emotion and it doesn't patronise the kids and it's got a bit of, yeah, a bit of um, humour, a bit of drama, a bit of fun. It's got songs. I mean, you know, I, I get to, to be a, 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 a... I play a single dad whose wife has died, uh, but I also get to dress up as a giant broad bean. Oh, that's so, lovely. Yeah. It sounds very, very wholesome from everything we've heard. Um, obviously, mm. whenever anybody gets television work, they always never get asked about the theatre work. Very briefly, we mentioned Sunshine on Leith earlier. W what is the rough story of, of The Proclaimers and who were you in that? Was that was that enjoyable? You were on tour, weren't you? Yes, yes. No, loved it. Um, I, I was definitely born with two left feet uh, in terms of uh, dancing. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I am musical. I can read music and play instruments and sing a bit. But uh, it, that never translated to my body. Um, I've always been a bit awkward. <laughs> so when it came to being part of a musical and actually having to be choreographed by a proper West End choreogra uh, choreographer and to do proper dance stuff, I thought, right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a go with that. And I need, I need to say I've done it once. Uh, and it was, it was an absolute blast. It was so much fun to, to do and sing all those fantastic Proclaimer songs. And it was like a lot of the musicals nowadays. It, it wasn't based on them. So it was the songs were used in a context of an of another story um, about two young two lads that had come back from the army. 
it was a blast, an absolute blast. You say all of those Proclaimers songs. For some people, they won't know an awful lot of them. Could you recommend two more Proclaimers songs that people that only know 500 miles, like myself, should check out? Okay, uh, people will uh, probably yeah, only know 500 miles, or they'll maybe know I'm on my way because that was in the Shrek movies. Ah, that is a good one, actually. I'm on my way as a cracker, uh, but Let's Get Married is an absolute belter to check out. And what else? Um, uh, a more recent one uh, is uh, Life With You. That's a very, very good song. We were up like in a- Edinburgh last year and um, for a bit of recreation on a Saturday, we went to uh, see a Hibs game. Obviously, you've got yep. Hearts and Hibs in the heart of Edinburgh, the two football clubs. And um, we were watching this game. It was of absolutely dreadful quality, I have to say. I think it was Hibs St. Johnston. It was a two-all draw. Um, it got pretty exciting towards the end. Um, Elliot turned to me and he said, oh, look down there. It's, uh, it's one of the proclaimers. And obviously, Obviously, I laughed um, because you couldn't get a more stereotypical thing to say. And lo and behold, of course, it, it was, was one of the proclaimers just two seats down from us in the in the normal stand. It was hilarious. And every time they score, they sing a proclaimer song That's in the right, stadium. That's right, they do. I so think he it was, was on my, I'm on my way. I yeah, think yeah, so he been. was celebrating to his own song. Yeah. <laughs> and the royalty is just rolling in. It's fantastic for him. Craig and Charlie uh, uh, have always been absolutely died in the world uh, Hibs fans and they have been lifelong supporters of the club. Well, let's get on with it. Congratulations, James McKenzie. You've won a luxury weekend break to the idyllic city of Preston where you'll be spending all your time in the finest twin bedroom Preston's Travelodge has to offer. It's common knowledge there's little to do in Preston other than to sit in bed all day and watch television. We hope you have a very pleasant stay. So you're going to go to Preston for a weekend and you get to take four TV shows on a memory stick to watch on repeat throughout that entire weekend. Uh, And we've broken them down into little subcategories. And you also get to take a TV personality and some food items as well. But we'll get onto them a little bit later on. So the first TV show you're going to be taking is the TV show that makes you think of your childhood. Uh absolute game changer and massive massive part of my life uh wouldn't miss an episode had to see it would be quantum leap <laughs> scott bacula i think is how you pronounce it uh i'm sure i grew up calling him scott bacula <laughs> uh dean stockwell uh he was a time traveling doctor who uh, would jump through time into other people's bodies and would have to spend a period of time being them. And he would always end up jumping into this person's body at some kind of crisis in their life. And he would somehow help them steer their life in the right way. Uh, And so it was amazing. It was cool. It was time travel, but it had morals. It was inclusive of kind of race and cool stuff and and, uh, cultures and... Um, yeah, Dean Stockwell was in there as his kind of unseen sidekick from the future who could appear and he had a he had a Pam computer called Ziggy he would always have to bash to make work and he had a big cigar sticking out his mouth and Scott Bakula would travel, it was wicked, loved it. <laughs> was Quantum Leap closer to Doctor Who or to Star Trek? Wow, there's a question. I would say it was probably closer to Star Trek. You weren't meeting beings from other worlds. He was always jumping through time into human bodies, into into human scenarios and families and whatever, or people of you know in their work, or whatever. It wasn't it wasn't about meeting kind of alien civilizations or planets. When would you kind of watch this show? Would it be after coming back from school, or would it be in the mornings or on a weekend? 
No, it was always, I remember it was always on kind of early evening. So I think it was before dinner, I think. I seem to remember. That's a fantastic option. So Quantum Leap is your childhood choice. Your second choice is the TV show that gets you laughing. Uh, there have been so many over the years, but I think what stuck in my brain more recently would be Ghosts on oh, BBC. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, it's a very, very modern show you've chosen there because it's still relatively yeah. new, only about two years old. So it's kind of set in a in a kind of old rambling manor house in, in England, in the country, English countryside somewhere. A young couple kind of end up inheriting this old rumbling pile. And yes, it turns out she in the first episode, at one point, she falls over, bangs her head in a kind of domestic situation, whether it's the shower or the kitchen. I can't remember if I was at a bed or something. She bumps her head. And when she comes to after being seen for concussion, she now is aware that she is able to see and hear the ghosts that inhabit this big old haunted house that she has inherited. And it's hilarious. The the uh, the ghosts are just brilliant. They're so varied from kind of politicians who've been caught literally with their trousers down to a caveman to someone who was burned at the stake as a witch. And, you know, like in the cellar, in the basement, there's a whole load of um, victims from the plague and stuff like that who are down there. And it's the same bunch of actors who are playing all the different parts. And it's the same guys that did like the horrible histories and all that kind of stuff. And just some of it's just genius. The comedies, I just, it's, I love it. It's gentle, but it's funny. It's sharp. There was an episode recently, I think, in the, in the most recent series with, with the army officer. And he, there was a kind of almost... And almost a, a hint at a, a love story between him and a fellow officer back in the day. And it was it was just, it was lovely. It was so well done and so kind of respectfully and so so emotional. But then at times it was just laugh out loud funny. It was just, yeah, it's just really well done. I think I think they're, they've, they've pitched it just right. It's such a wonderful show, isn't it? It's very wholesome. And that's something that is already becoming apparent with your plethora of TV options, James, is that <laughs> you like family, wholesome content that everybody can enjoy. You can enjoy with your wife and also your wife's mom and also your son. It's very, very lovely. Um, Ghost Series 1, for me, it took a little while to find its feet because I didn't quite know whether it was for kids, whether it's for adults. It was given like a 9.30, I think, the first series. And then it's yeah. really, really picked up. And we've seen all the second series now. And it, we've binged it, in fact. And it was a real joy. And actually, it really it found its place, sort of 8.30 slot, much, much better, I think. And it's all written yeah. by them as well. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's really a lot of fun. If you could be one of the ghosts in Ghosts, who would you be? Oh, the caveman. The caveman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's called, it's called Paul, isn't he? I'm sure he's called Paul, the, the character, isn't I he? don't even know. I don't think I've ever heard his name before <laughs> in, the, in the show. You're a super fan if you yeah, know that. Yeah, you are. <laughs> really nice. Yeah. Let's move on to your first bonus choice, uh, which is your TV personality that you're going to take to Preston uh, to watch these shows on repeat with. Who are you going to be taking with you? Uh, Noel Fielding. Uh, I've never been much of a fan of, of the Bake Off, but my wife watches it, so I kind of have to watch it by proxy. <laughs> and uh, I've just always, always enjoyed his his humour. Uh, he just kind of comes out of left field, and but it always, always makes me laugh. It's really quite clever and and, and kind of observed, but it's, it's zany at the time. And it just there are just times he will just say something totally random and obscure, and it just kind of makes you laugh out loud. So I think he would be great fun. He is, you say left field humour, it's way, it's way <laughs> left field. Uh, we saw him do some stand-up ones where he just went around the stage for 15 minutes pretending he was a bee. And it sort of got funnier and funnier as it went along because it just wasn't stopping. But yeah, he, he really is uh, got a mind of his own, hasn't he? He's crazy. Yeah, but I, I just, I, I do, 
I, I like it. I like it a lot. I can imagine I, him in all black, maybe with some heels, some sort of rough, eating an ice cream. Yeah. You and your all yeah. black of your raven. Together, you'd be like some kind of Halloween couple. <laughs> yeah. I think that would be a very chilled room as well. I do. I would love to be a fly on the wall there. It would be an interesting episode of Gogglebox, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to campaign for that now. I really am. Let's move on to your third choice, which is the TV show that gets you sweating. Uh, yes. Okay. So 24, 24, uh, in my kind of late twenties, early thirties, that was, you know, the first kind of thing that I got into this whole box set and binging and all that, you know, I think it was the first one for many, uh, people and yeah, the, the tension, even though he never needed a mobile phone charger, you know, he never went to the toilet. Um, but neither does James Bond or Doctor Who or true. Harry Potter. This is true. Um, but yeah, the, the tension and the, oh my God, what's going to happen next? And because it was all being done in kind of, you know, real time, I found that I found that really, really tense. And that, that always got me sweating. I remember watching that first series of 24, and I've never done anything quite like this before. I watched all 24 episodes in about three days. Oh my and God. I'm not one to binge quite like that, but it was exceptional. Those cliffhangers at the end of every episode, I- I'd never seen story writing like it. And it was thrilling, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, like, like I said before, it, because it was, I think it was one of the first ones to kind of do that. And certainly the, the idea of doing things in, in relatively almost real time was a brand new concept. And it had you from, from the first minute. I mean, you just always wanted to know what was coming next. It was just cliffhanger after cliffhanger after cliffhanger and, and and the tension just mounted and mounted and mounted and it was yeah it was absolutely must watch television and there was just nothing nothing like it and i remember thinking looking around at the time and a lot of kind of off british tv offerings at the time and you was going there's not there was just nothing like it absolutely nothing like it and i didn't i only had council telly normal telly at the time i didn't have sky or whatever so I w- it was always about waiting for the for the dvd box set to come out so you could go and buy it and then get your jammies on and get the crisps and the, and whatever and just yeah yeah amazing the beeps of that clock will haunt my dreams to this <laughs> yeah. day it's terrifying absolutely yeah. terrifying i remember having it as a it's either a ringtone or a text message on the phone you know because you know oh, that's amazing <laughs> Let's move on to your last show, which is your free hits. Let's say it's the TV show you couldn't live without. Bosch. Amazon Prime series Bosch. It's an American TV detective series. If you haven't seen it, look it up. It's uh, based on a series of novels uh, about detective Hieronymus Bosch in the uh, the hills of uh, in around uh, LA, I think. And uh, it's, it's brilliant. It's just it's gripping, gripping stuff. Proper proper old school kind of detective stuff. And it's, uh, yeah, I love it. Absolutely love it. Hieronymus Bosch could have been one of the anagram names they had on Raven for the Warrior titles. <laughs> yeah, this is phenomenal. Could have been the Warrior, yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. How did you watch it? Did you watch it alone? Did you watch it with your wife? Uh, this was, no, this is my special treat. This is just for me. Uh, this is a binge job on Amazon. You know, nowadays, it's, it's actually quite rare, isn't it, that series are only put out weekly. Most people will, uh, as the modern parlance says, drop a series, uh, <laughs> um, and they'll and they'll do they'll do the whole whole thing. It's I do struggle nowadays uh, with having to wait, especially when you're in in lockdown or whatever. You're, you've got loads of time, and the last thing you want to do is wait another week 
you know, that's kind of can be an eternity. So, yeah, no, that's my just my thing. What um, made it stand not... out from other detective shows? Because that's a big thing to choose it as the thing, the TV show you couldn't live without. Predominantly the the writing, the, the storylines. Um, they're always, you know, there's a, there's always a through line throughout the series that's personal to to our titular character, Bosch. Um, but then there's all the other kind of stuff that comes in and out of it, like like most detective series, obviously. But uh, I think it was just the performances. It's quite gritty. He doesn't always play by the rules. Again, this is sounding really cliched because that's all cop. <laughs> he um, doesn't always play by the rules. Hang on. I think exactly, we stumbled yeah. upon something here. Hang on a minute. I'm sure I've heard that somewhere before. <laughs> but uh, it's just it's just done. It's done really well. And he, the actor that plays Bosch, um, he he just he, he just does it really well. And it, yeah, it. it it just hooked me. I, I I like a good detective series, you know, like in terms of like books. I, I've read all the, the Ian Rankin kind of Rebus books and, and I, I love a, a good detective story. And um, I've never read any of the Bosch books and I, I found that stumbled on it by accident on Amazon. Um, saw saw the actor playing the lead and thought, oh, I remember him from Lost. He was really good. I uh, haven't seen him in much. Oh, let's have a look at what this is. Watch the pilot episode and went, oh, I like this. And then, you know, every time a new series comes on, I'm like, yes. That's just my thing, my little, just me time. Oh, amazing. So, yeah. I think that's our first Amazon Prime choice across any episodes we've ever done of this. Uh, it's never come up before. A really nice choice. I, I will actually check that out. It yeah, sounds really good. I haven't really heard good. of Bosch other than the washing machine brand. <laughs> washing machine. <laughs> Other washing yeah. machine brands are available, we'd like to say. Being an on and off employee of the BBC, I always have to say things like that. Impartiality yes, laws. <laughs> yes. You can wash your clothes however you like. Um, let's move on to your last choice. It's your second bonus option. A bonus option. It's your <laughs> He's second. He's doing Sean Connery. He's two <laughs> weeks too late. <laughs> uh, it is your unlimited food or snack supply that you get to munch on throughout the entire weekend at Preston, but it's the only thing that you can eat. Uh, well, speaking of BBC impartiality laws, I have to say other crisps are obviously available, <laughs> but my personal choice is co-ops, salt and vinegar handcrafted crisps they were discovery pre-lockdown and oh my god thank goodness i've started running because they are my total and utter downfall i'm addicted to them they are so salty so vinegary uh they are amazing i was never a big crisp man uh in my days yeah you know i could take or leave a what's you dabbled yeah (laughs) i dabbled in the odd kettle crisp or whatever you know but i was never oh my god like you know and the only it's not like they come in small bags they only come in those big bags they they used to be called family bags didn't they back in family bags which are never family bags that's just getting that's getting smashed and you know quite often it's a you know buy one get one free or two for two pounds and oh my god you're killing me here and you know, I can easily go through at least two in a weekend, uh, depending on what's being watched on the telly. So, uh, yeah, it's it's my guilty, guilty pleasure. And so that would, when I got your questions through, that was that was the first one answered. My wife literally looked at the list and went, oh, for God's sake, I know what that's going to be. <laughs> that's what we love. I love it when guests are specific as well, like they choose the shop. I mean, I think technically they are sea salt and Chardonnay white wine vinegar or something, you know, because oh, they, they, have, they have to give crisps, have to be Ponzi uh, titles nowadays. But um, they are so salty and so vinegary. So when you eat them, uh, I know this is a podcast and they can't see my face, but, you know, you look like a, a bulldog chewing a wasp, you know, it's that. <laughs> 
Oh, it gives you that. Okay. <laughs> Let's uh, go through your choices once more. So your childhood mm. option was Quantum Leap. The TV show that got you laughing was Ghosts. Your bonus TV personality option that you're taking with you to Preston is Noel Fielding. The TV show that got you sweating is 24. Your free hit is Bosch. And the food and limited snack supply is a co-op version of salt and vinegar handcrafted crisps. Happy with those choices? Other crisps are available, but yes. <laughs> That's what we've learned today. Thank you so much, James. Not at all. And listen, may I say, may the luck of the raven's eye be with you. And let the challenge begin. What a joy, what a delight, what a showman, what a legend. That was James McKenzie on You Have Been Watching. What a lovely, lovely fella. Yeah, a lovely fella. I know we say that all the time, but maybe we're getting lucky. We always get lovely people on this podcast. And it wasn't Raven we were speaking to, it was James McKenzie, who doesn't speak or think like Raven, but he does look a lot like him and (laughs) sound an awful lot like him. We said afterwards, it was lovely to have a show which we could laugh about together, but not laugh at. Absolutely, yeah. you really hit the nail on the head with that. Yeah, because there's a lot of um, there's a lot of rubbish that you watch when you're a kid, but there's also a lot of great stuff, and it's lovely to laugh about something, but not laugh at it, as you say. You know, it's not the subject of, of the laugh, but we've used it for so many icebreakers and segues when we meet and speak to people. He was really overjoyed that it, it it meant so much to us personally as well, which was lovely. His childhood option was Quantum Leap. Uh, I didn't want to say it, but my father loves that show. I didn't want to make him feel old. But my, <laughs> my my father loves that show, and he must have watched it as a kid as well. Yeah, he's a big big sci-fi fan, your father, isn't he? Actually, think about it, I think it was 1996, so I don't think it could have been as a kid. My dad's 56. (laughs) (laughs) The TV show that got him laughing was BBC's Ghosts. Uh, Of course, we had Kyle Smith-Bino on the show saying he loved it as well because he was in it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he did say he loved it. That's very true. Yeah, um, also, James didn't know that we had Kyle on recently, Mm. so it was just total coincidence that he brought it up. Um, And the theme did develop that it was shows that he could watch with the family that he and i think it shows there's something for everyone on this podcast (laughs) i think it does i didn't know where you're gonna go with that smiling cheekily he's taking noel fielding with him as his tv personality brilliant option can't believe we haven't had him before actually yeah i think it'll be so relaxed i think it would be funny uh and i think you'd have genuinely fantastic conversations yeah because he's like a stoned goth (laughs) (laughs) uh 24 is his sweating choice you've never seen it i don't think have you no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> no, great show. Uh, 24 hours. It's it's a big commitment. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, so it's 24 episodes of 24 times, of an hour. Times obviously. like 10 series worth. Yeah, so that's 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 a lot, isn't it? Just in the mental maths, mm. and that is well, a lot. They're only 47 <laughs> minutes an episode. Because of adverts. Because of adverts. Mm, what, so, what was he complaining about then? <laughs> so nothing ever happens between two and three minutes every quarter of an hour on the show. <laughs> Presumably that's when all the characters go to the toilet yeah, and yeah. make a sandwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now I remember when you were going through them, you were flying through them saying they were great. Um, and it's something I will have to get around to. I think I've got it scheduled in for 2029. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you must let me know. <laughs> His free hit was Bosch. Bosh. Bosh. You've got to say it like that. Yeah, when he said it, I thought he was just making sound effects. He was quite an animated <laughs> guy. I haven't heard of the show, but as you said, it's the first Amazon Prime that we've had, and chin chin to many more down the line. <laughs> um, but it's a detective show that he clearly rates a lot, and he was raving and ranting about how good it was. So if he feels that passionate about it to take it as his free hit, it must 
be worth its salt. <laughs> <laughs> Talking of salt, his unlimited good, food snack it? supply uh, was a co-op salt and vinegar handcrafted crisps. Which I assume are very similar to kettle chips, but they're, mm. of course, made by the co-op. Uh, two contrasting opinions. One can... so, so, <laughs> start that two cotton chips for I... me <laughs> and a soft batter sausage for my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to let that play. Yeah. Just carry on. <laughs> Presumably, uh, oh, you've got an email from the England Supporters Club. Yeah. You're a big fan, are you? <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> okay. It's because I've been to one game, so I'm obviously on email. Oh, uh, more than me. I've never seen it. Must be the England squad, actually. Yeah. Uh, two contrasting opinions. Uh, contrasting? Got... Yes. You keep saying cron, as in like crontro, the, Christ, the shot. Like two contrasting yeah, opinions. That's better. One can assume on the crisps. You love salt and vinegar. I despise it. Well, I don't love salt and vinegar. I like salt. Oh. <laughs> I don't mind. I've, I've, I've slanted you there. I'm ambivalent on salt and vinegar. <laughs> slanted um, you. Yeah, I don't mind salt and vinegar. Yeah. But you know what? For the, for the purposes of becoming characters for a podcast, yeah, I'll say that I love it. Um, but it did sound quite nice, to be fair. And his wife said that that was his first, that was the, immediately he was going to choose that. Mm. Sh- that clearly shows that his wife knows his personality. That's good, isn't That's it? That's good because they're handy. married. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, well, that was it. That no, that's was it. it. <laughs> that's the end of okay, the show. And finally, goodbye. <laughs> we did one of the Raven catchphrases at the end Which as well. We were going to beg and request for. He must, gonna be, must be always doing that. Yeah, yeah, what, around yeah. the house? Yeah. Do you want to put the kettle on? Let the jellies begin. <laughs> Just fucking put it on. <laughs> Make us a brew, love. <laughs> Bye then. Uh.